The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water and water life science. What is water life science? Well, the Earth began with it from the very beginning of time. What are we? Water. W-A-T-E-R is life's living organism on the planet from the very breath of the beginning of time. I'm going to take you on a little hike with me here with a, a drama, a saga. Earth has had billions of years ago this blue, they call it, water, like in a drop a vapor across, clear around the planet we call Earth now. It lives with a solar system and an organism of life. What is life? Well, it's water. So the Earth was exposing that vapor of water, we call it atmosphere in modern times, uh, to uh, everything as it took its cycle so carefully, so slowly, and not in a hurry. But all of a sudden, at one point, something happened with the solar system and Earth. The vapor of the water had a different evaporation. It became a larger droplet and left the vapor and dropped and came down on top of what Earth is. It dropped, and it dropped, and here came the rain. After billions of years, here we sit, because of that beginning of the beginning of the beginning, with water. Water life science is something that I invented many years ago and created. It's a study of why did we leave behind the study, the way with human life, the diseases we have, it doesn't make sense that Earth has the same symptoms. The atmosphere has the same symptoms as we do. And if you take your arms and you move them away from your body like a Tai Chi and you start thinking about Qigong and you start thinking about meditation and the faiths and religions of the world that we have, reaching out to what we call many God. What is that? I've always thought, after I studied all these many years, God has to be in the water. 
because that's who we are. That's what we have become. That's what it is. Now, for you to understand this show, many, many, many years ago, 11 years ago, I was asked, would you like to have your own radio show? And I said, yes, and I'm going to call it The Power of Water. Because we've got to be reminded every day that our getting out of bed, living our lives with this planet, with all this communication distraction, we can't forget the sustainability of water. Look what it's done. It's, it's sustained itself through all the problems, all the challenges of the universe tugging and pulling, but also when it became alive here on this planet. The tugging and the pulling of the growth. Because remember, as Earth grew and all that developed with Earth and the life on it, that became a tug and pull of needing more water, more sustainability. Here, the, our human life is such a brilliant choice of faith to have people that are here to be able to invent new technology, new thinking, new ideas for sustainability. Don't just let it take its own natural course. It can't, or it won't sustain itself. It's like anything else in life, even with our choices of faith. Sustainability is keeping up with rhythm of how you practice your, your prayer, your worship, your sustainability of your faith. But it's got to be not in you. It's got to be away from you in the air we breathe. And remember, Earth is breathing it. We have to breathe. If we're not breathing that water vapor, we don't sustain ourselves. We can't make it. What's the secret to all of this? Well, in mother's womb, nature did something. The baby is developed and the organs begin in water. And each organ, when that baby comes to live outside of the mother of that water, Earth made sure that the baby is living, all life is going to live with water vapor. The atmosphere, that un, the unseen water that's there that you can touch and you feel electrolytic with. Did you know the body has an electrolytic charge with that water in the air, though? And that air charges with you to live with you. Earth did that with nature. Each of your organs respond because each of them have a different percentage of water that it has to be maintained. Once you're born, there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, no two people really alike. Always be patient with the medical field because as science and research and is trying to study all this and the doctors are trying to diagnose, it's tough unless we know enough about ourselves to understand who we are, how we're living with this planet to assist the doctors and research on what the symptom is. You have to work harder than anybody in the medical field because it's your 
orbit. It's your body living with the planet Earth. Always remember that that body living with the planet Earth is that miracle of all miracles. But water must be in our infrastructure throughout the planet. Has to be. This show is going to try to emphasize that if we don't get serious with that, the cures will not be found for the diseases. And I think that all of you could be on a mission with me to discover life in the water to save lives, our earth, and we need to breathe our breath of life. It's vital to us. Living in the water. It is, there should be a song. There should be a movie. All research has got to start tapping in to water as it studies to find any disease, any symptom. And then we'll be able to find out what's happening with the symptoms of our planet. Have you ever stopped to think that maybe there's not enough water, fresh water, not the ocean, fresh water on the surface of the planet? It's all going to the ocean way too much because that water is the one that gives us the sustainability of the water vapor to communicate, to live as an organism. For all life on Earth to have the organism is fresh water. It's vital. Today we have a real exciting guest. I'm really looking forward to this, and I think you will too with the show. Rotong was introduced to me by Dr. Effie Chow, uh, who's a PhD, who's very well known through the world from China. And Rose is the executive director of Global Dragon TV. And we're going to discuss Rose and I today, the wisdom of Chinese civilization and with and Global Dragon TV. I'm going to let her explain tell us a little bit about herself, but first we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, that just launched in China this week. I'm very excited to tell you. Many years ago, I was asked to study the eyes because of over-evaporation of water loss at the surface of the eye, causing vision impairment complaints to blindness. So I did. And they asked me if I would create and develop a product to supplement the surface of the eye to help that atmosphere support the eye's uh, tear film. The tear film in the eye is at the surface is 99% water. That's why when you're using the eye drop, it has a tendency to cause a trauma it might over-evaporate. So it was a great invention. It is a great invention supplement. But Nature's Tears Eye Mist is what should be used during the day, before the eye drop, and for future purposes, like you brush your teeth and you maintain your health. Nature's Tears Eye Mist with tissue culture-grade water, a trade secret, to be able with a fine mist to be able to supplement the surface of the eye as often as you want during the day so that it doesn't over-evaporate. Blindness is out of control. So is vision impairment. But that's because 
that over water evaporation of your surface of your eye. We'll listen to our sponsor with just a mist, and we'll be right back with Rose Hong, Executive Director of Global Dragon TV. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Rose, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, thank you. I was really looking forward to having you today, but I kind of I didn't want to read. Uh, your background to our audience. I always ask our guests to tell us about who they are, where you came from as a young person, to where you're at today, and you can kind of give us that overview if you would. Well, thank you, Sharon. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me back to the show. Um, You know, that's a great question because you have to know where this person came from, where they have been, and then where they're going to be heading. Um, Right. uh, yeah, I'm a first-generation immigrant, and um, I have to say I'm forever grateful to this great nation, and I have traveled a great deal over the past 30 years in my business, and, uh, and I travel greatly to Asia, Latin America, and Europe, and every time I come back home and land in this country, I'm grateful, and uh, this is truly one of the greatest nations in spite of the issues we have and challenges that we're facing. I came to this country in 1986 as a graduate student and um, I finished my college in China, in Beijing, at one of the top universities in, in China, and I was majoring in English. So after graduation, I had this strong desire, as a, I was thinking to myself, as an English major student, I need to go to an English-speaking country, either England or America, so I can truly learn a language and learn a literature and learn a history. So I applied to graduate schools both in England and also in America. And America is such a grateful country because this is where I received the full scholarship that enabled me to come to this country and, of course, change my life forever. Mm, wonderful. Now, you came from China. Yes. Okay. And your family were left in China. 
Yep, most of my family, my parents and my sisters are still back in China. I do have few relatives here, but mm-hmm. um, I came here solo. And uh, I remember you know, 30 years ago, China uh, economically definitely was uh, much worse off than we are now. So my parents mm-hmm. used their lifetime savings and brought me one-way ticket to Washington, D.C., and um, actually they had to borrow some money to cover my living expenses before I received my scholarship. So Uh literally at that time, we are a typical middle-class family, and Mm -hmm. uh, but the amount of money we have definitely was not enough to support to send a child to study overseas. And uh, Mm -hmm. for that reason, of course, I'm eternally grateful now, how old, how old were you then? I was 23 at the time. 23. Mm-hmm. Now, what, you've done a lot since. I could read it, but I'd like you to tell our audience where you, what happened. You all of a sudden oh, grabbed the carousel and hung on. Yes. Truly, uh, it has been a blessed journey. And uh, I came here as a graduate student, so I went to the University of Maryland. I studied English as my major initially. Then I realized I want to do more with my life uh, because if you follow English, more likely you know, you'll be either do research or teaching. And I started to be very much interested in mass media. So uh, after the two years at grad school studying English and comparative literature, I changed my major to um, mass communications. And so eventually I received my master's in mass communications and specialized in focusing on mass media, especially the management track. So mm-hmm. after graduation, and I was very fortunate to work for the Family Channel. That was before Family Channel was sold to Fox and Murdoch. Uh-huh. So I was named as the uh, Asian market director to be in charge of the Asian market. That's when I started doing my you know, extensive international travel to Asia uh, producing program, TV programs, it's you know, primarily family-related uh, programming and the both uh, documentaries and the drama series and also cartoons and collaborating with Asian partners, especially partners in Japan, Hong Kong, Taiwan, um, Singapore, throughout Asia. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started my broadcasting career. And uh, wow. after that, yeah, after... Um, Family Channel was sold to uh, Fox Network, to Murdoch, and uh, the Department of Course Function was changing, and uh, although I saved, my job was saved, however, I wasn't doing international um, TV production and management, so I started looking for another job, and fortunately, through a friend of mine, I, I, I got my first job with the federal government with the Department of Treasury as a business mm-hmm. manager in federal contracting. So oh. that's another major shift of that my life career. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, so my you know, past uh, 15 years, um, my federal career has been from business contracting management law, and uh, it's, it's truly it's quite, quite an experience. However, I have never left my route uh, in broadcasting. So in 1997, and um, 
myself and also several other uh, partners formed Global Dragon TV. And uh, when we started the company, it was primarily uh, we purchased the broadcasting rights for China or Asia from the producers of television programs and also television, I mean, films. And then we dubbed them into Chinese and then distributed them to the, all the top Chinese television stations around the nation. So that was our wow. core business. Mm-hmm. And, um, but two years ago, and uh, we realized we have a mission because the programming, the need for Chinese-made programming or Asian programming in the West is increasing because of the rise of China and the people have the need to understand Chinese culture more. Right. So we started to see actually it's going the other way around. We have uh, mm-hmm. more uh, media entities asking us for Chinese-related media content. So that's mm-hmm. when we decided we're going to establish an international channel and uh, so we're able to carry the programs that we have and uh, now, of course, uh, Global Dragon TV you know, launched this uh, 24-hour global Chinese channel, and uh, now it reaches up over 33 countries and through all platforms, you know, cable top, and then, of course, you can uh, watch on multimedia, channel, uh, multimedia platforms like YouTube and Chinese WeChat, and uh, also, of course, you know, using any kind of internet, you can watch our channel. Uh, that's why when you ask me what topic we want to talk about, so we have to talk about Chinese civilization. And, of yeah. course, that's our mission as a, uh, you know, one of the very few uh, international Chinese channels, and that's what we want to focus on. We want to uh, focus on the uh, television programs, focus on, focus on Chinese culture, Chinese history, and uh, especially health. I know your show has a great focus on water and health, and that's one of our focuses, too, because regardless what nationality, what race, where do you live, our human body is the same. So we have a common shared interest in health. And, uh, of course, as we know, our our health um, and our water are in jeopardy in our today's environment. Well, the thing I think I need to tell you too, uh, um, I fell in love with China. Uh, oh, the first time when I did went, you go to China? Yeah, I, um, the first time I went was in December of 2015. I uh, no, 14, and uh, there were some government involved scientists that I went into Beijing at the guest of of a very prominent man there in China who gave me a 10-year visa, and we had the most wonderful experience. And we stayed at um, China Hotel, Hotel of China there in um, uh, Beijing that they set us up at. It was just wonderful. And experience, Rose, I can't tell you. People would stop and give me hugs, women, and they'd want their children to give me a hug. And after some of the meetings, we went over to Tiananmen Square, and uh, they took us so I could see Tiananmen Square. Well, then they decided to get my the nature series I missed for me missing some pictures, 
and the, the soldiers didn't seem to mind, and I was taking pictures doing that, and here came all these people, Rose, to hug me and want their pictures taken with me. Could I have not fell in love? So the next time we went, we went to Hangzhou, and uh, with our new licensing partner, uh, uh, Dr. Yang Fang, in Hangzhou. And uh, we just had, again, Rose. I fell in love. Uh, they took us to the West Lake. Uh, they took us to Jack Ma's. Uh, Jack wasn't there then, but his closest friend was there. We had a lunch, and we just had people would stop. We'd go to a museum. People would hug me. <laughs> and Rose, how could I not fall madly in love with people who hug and um, so we're, as of this week, uh, we are, have just launched Nature's Here's Imus. We are partners in China, and we'll talk about that another time. But well, I want the audience to know that I have studied for many, many, many years, thanks to the heads of Walmart, China, way back in time. They wanted me to take serious of water life science, our product nature series I is to be in China. Uh, and so I studied it. And you are right today to make a focus of wisdom of the Chinese syllabus civilization. Thousands of years rose, their faith and their belief was living away from your body, reaching out to the atmosphere of the face of your face. And what they learned about uh, Chinese holistic medicine so thousands of years ago to believe that there's something more important than us living away from us. But, of course, and then uh, the people there had been so good to me, and, of course, now I get a chance to be good to them with our launching of our um, technology there. But tell us, tell our... Tell our audience the wisdom of Chinese civilization thousands of years ago coming up to date, Rose. What is so exciting for the world to hear that there are very special people there that do like to hug. Well, Sharon, it's so wonderful that you have a personal experience with China. I have to say, in the first half of my life, before 30s, and I was passionate about Western culture and Western literature and the language. I devoted myself to study English, English literature, English history, American history. And after 35, I started to realize, well, there's so much to learn about my own culture. And, uh, of course, when you think about Chinese culture, most people will think, okay, uh, Chinese invented paper, silk, wheelbarrow, rubber, gunpowder, many things that we, we are familiar with. However, I think when I think about Chinese culture and what it has impacted me, the reason our uh, TV channel wanted to focus on Chinese culture and civilization is because there's so many wisdoms that left to us that is still so relevant to today, to our lives. Right. And for instance, yeah, there, you mentioned one book. I'm definitely going to talk about Chinese medicine. But 
Uh, there's another book also I want to mention briefly. Uh, I'm sure you have heard of it. It's called The Art of War. And this book, and um, it's amazing, it was written 5th century BC. So it was a long time ago this book was written. However, if you read it today, it is so relevant to what we do, not only to the war that we're fighting against terrorism, also I heard you know, lots of the uh, business leaders and uh, the West Point, of course, all study this book, The Art of War, even though it's a very ancient book. And now, um, the I philosophy, just excuse me for interrupting, the philosophy in that book, and I will get it. Does that go into more of a Confucius philosophy of the art of how you approach things? You're absolutely right. Uh, even though this okay. is a military strategy book, however, it's also it's a philosoph- It's a book about philosophy, and uh, right. and has everything related to the Chinese civilization is based on. Now, Melissa, uh, uh, before yeah. you go on, I'm going to say something. You uh, and your team and that book ought to go out telling the world. It's time we start looking at our lives that way more every day and not get so emotional about rushing in and making sure everybody agrees with you. (laughs) you There's a lot of wisdom in that. (laughs) Uh, Sharon, you're absolutely right. I'd like to share this one quote from The Art of War uh, before we move on to my very favorite book that is, I think is so relevant today uh, with our life now and also you know, about basically um, everything we do. Um, this is one quote I'd like to share from the Art of War. It says that Art of War is of virtual importance to the state. It's a matter of life and death, a role either to safety or to ruin. Hence, it's a subject of inquiry which can no account can be neglected. And, uh, you know, even during the ancient time, people realized that uh, start a war. War is not the first solution. It's the last solution. It impacts the life and safety of the country and also its people. So it's a matter of life and death. So Rose, there's another way to look at that, too. Life all together with your everyday living. Your, way, your choices every day should be thinking that way. Um, along the way, we need to have the compassion of philosophy and, and study what is there and available, like a Confucius, with the wisdom of learning the rhythm of what has happened here. Where is this going to go? Where is this? What, what can anybody accomplish? And how do you accomplish it? And every you did it to build that rate to build that um, dragon tail, uh, your global dragon TV. You used rhythm. You didn't just rush and go do it. You studied it. You philosophically took your culture, I'm sure, and studied it. Life on the planet to live with the whole universe has to be that way. The universe and lived with the planet Earth and the planet Earth will live with the the universe the same way. Rhythm. 
Absolutely right. Well, oh, and the other one, of course, faith. <laughs> yeah. So allow me to share one more quote. Uh, then I want to move to the next very important uh, literature written 2,000 years ago. Anyhow, so this is another quote from the Art of War. It says, regard your soldiers as your children, and they will follow you into the deepest valleys. Look on them as your own beloved sons, and then they will stand by you even upon death. And, uh, of course, you know, this is, I think, in today's uh, context, we can easily understand that in the... But also, Rose, we have you, to take. Yeah. They've, they've told me that we have to take our commercial break right okay. now, and we'll, you don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We only take one, and we'll right. be coming back, and we're going to learn more about uh, the Chinese civilization. And I'd like to talk about your inventions in China too, because there's some big and unbelievable inventions that the world took on way back in time. Uh, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, with tissue culture grade of water, but just a mist to supplement the surface of the eye that is 99% water. We'll be right back with Rose Hong, who's the executive director of Global Dragon TV. Uh, we'll listen to our sponsor with just a mist. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Rose, I've, my husband is from Holland. And way back in time, of course, in Europe, their water became so bad. And they were drinking alcohol. The children during the day would have the beer and the men would have the hard liquor and wife would have the women would have the beer. And they, of course, that didn't work. And then they heard about China's tea. And they go off to a distance. And the planet has never changed since. They came back with tea from China because you could boil the water to make it safer and they began to drink tea. Tell us something about your Chinese tea that people, that you're familiar with, because 
that introduced the world to China that so far back. That is so true. You know, the tea, Chinese teas were introduced to the West through Silk Road. I'm sure you have heard, you know, lots of people have heard of Silk Road. Basically, Silk Road was a trade route connecting China with Middle East and eventually to Europe. And that was the route, of course, during the early time, people used wagons and trade merchandises. And Chinese, of course, traded silk, porcelain, China, and also, yeah, uh, teas through this route. And uh, that was the first opening of the East and the West civilization. And Chinese teas, as we know, um, you know, Chinese use natural ingredients coming from plants, from the herbs, and sometimes from the food sources. And teas were used not only as a beverage, also are used as for medicinal use as well. And uh, primarily you have few major categories. You have green tea, black tea, and red tea, and also fermented tea like poor tea. And each tea has different characteristics and uh, from the medical standpoint, and uh, so, you know, for Chinese to drink tea, you have to select the right season and right time. And also, of course, we really focus on our own body, our rhythm with the nature. So, you know, different time of the day or different time of your life, you know, during pregnancy or during when you're younger, we all have different type of teas that we'll consider will be the most appropriate to select. And uh, in today's environment, of course, when we have all the food uh, beverage choices, when you go to average supermarket, you have thousands of choices. And tea, I think, is still as one of the most healthiest options out there as a beverage choice. Right. Paige, when I went to Hangzhou, Dr. Fong took us to one of your tea countries, and we were able to... Uh, witness firsthand all the different teas and how they, when they first pick the leaf uh, at the beginning when it's still very young and um, just taught us so much. Now silk, yes, China became very well known for silk and the world took notice of your country of your Chinese civilization that was so unusual and brilliant at inventions and, and, um, and the wisdom that was being used with it in your own country. Um, where do you think today? Now, let's go into the water a little bit. They're, they're trying their best, as you know, to figure out how to solve the water problems. And they're mastering right now the most amount of dams. I think they're going to own the most to have the most amount of built dams in the world. Do you know very much about that? Well, I definitely uh, heard about the project, although I haven't personally visited the site. However, I have read a great deal about the dam project and also, of course, the Chinese water um, uh, water situation. Uh, it's truly a tragic um Event because you know, China, as the factory of the world, uh, the sacrifice that people, the country has taken as, as part of the you know, prosperity is 
our waters, our soils are polluted because right. of heavy manufacturing activities. Yeah, but they're working at trying to figure that out. I know that. I've read so much about that. Uh, they're trying their best to figure that out. Now, back to the faith of the Chinese civilization. Could you tell our audience a little bit about the faith that started thousands of years ago? Absolutely. Um, this is a book that I think, unless you're in the medical field, uh, not many people have heard about it. And however, for average Chinese, they heard about it because even as of today, every hospital you go to, the Chinese hospitals have two systems. One is the Western side, which is not very similar like our uh, medicine, but there's always uh, another side is the traditional Chinese medicine. So doctors from both sides, depends, depends on your condition, will refer you to either Eastern or Western medicine, although that's not a system we have here. So the book that I'm mentioning was written 2,200 years ago, so over 2,000 years ago. However, this book is still being used almost as a Bible for all the traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, not only in China and throughout the world. So you can see the importance of What is the name of, of that book, book, Rose? Rose, what's the name well, of that the, book? Yeah, the Chinese name is called the Huangdi Meijing. The English translation is called the Yellow Empress in the Canon. Basically, this is a book, actually, it's a dialogue. was written as a Q&A. It's a dialogue between the emperor and his imperial physician. So the emperor will ask questions about anything related to health, natural science, medicine, and his imperial physician will provide the response. So in this Q&A, there are two volumes of that basically lay the foundation for the Chinese medicine. And uh, you know, some people say this is not a medical uh, book, it's not a life science book, rather it's a philosophy book, which is also true because lots of the philosophies that you know, Chinese uh, people live by, you know, we heard in the yang, and that's all part of the philosophy from this book. Mm-hmm. What is Are happening? you familiar with this? Now, would you tell us the name of that book in, in English translation again so we can really sure. understand it? Yeah, if you Google this, uh, Google Yellow Empress in the Canon. Canon is C-A-N-O-N. And okay. this is uh, okay. uh, the earliest, yeah, most important written work of uh, life science, of course, on Chinese medicine. So it's Yellow Empress in the Canon. In there. Inside, inner, I-N-N-E-R, inner canon. Yeah, inner canon. Inner canon. Okay. Right. And, of course, original text was written in the uh, traditional characters. Very hard to understand, even for Chinese. So there are simplified Mm -hmm. versions. Uh, However, the philosophy is very easy to understand. And uh, there are three basic philosophies in this book, which, you know, as I said, still influence the Chinese people and also the traditional Chinese medicine as of today. Mm-hmm. And then the t- t- back to the Chinese faith, so far back, what's, what's the original Chinese faith of the people there? Chinese faith, you know, Buddhism was introduced 
uh, to China during the Tang Dynasty, that's between the 6th and 8th century from India. So before Buddhism was introduced to China, China did not have any its native religion. It was more the philosophy, Confucius, um, even though we, we do not consider Confucius as a religion. However, the principles of Confucius is what people live by. And um, today, as you know, uh, the country does not have a state religion. Uh, I think that's one of the problems China has. They're, they're, they, we don't believe in any religion. We don't believe in God. Uh, although they are Christians, uh, they're a small percentage uh, Muslims, and they are, I think, larger percentage as the Buddhist, believing Buddhism. Mm-hmm. But the country mm-hmm. as a whole, there's no um, state religion, or there's no predominantly one religion you know, for 1.2 billion people. Okay, now tell us a little bit about what the, Dr. Chow introduced you and I. And she's well-known in the world out there for Qigong. Qigong. And um, she, uh, I, I always have a hard time pronouncing it, Qigong. Um, tell us a little bit. You opened up a museum with her in China. Out of, what was the city that you opened up that first museum of Qigong? Well, um, Dr. Chow, as we know, uh, she's truly a remarkable lady, and uh, oh, she's, she's, in her, she's in her 80s. However, her passion to what she does, and also, of course, her spirit, uh, has touched so many people through her healing, using natural healing methods, primarily using traditional Chinese medicine and the medical qigong, and I think most of our audience uh, listeners are familiar with traditional Chinese medicine as acupuncture or herbal medicine. However, not many people are familiar with medical qigong. Actually, that's all part of the traditional Chinese medicine. But anyhow, we were very fortunate uh, early part of this year and that uh, we went to Xizhou in China. It's in the southern part of China. Um, it's about one hour train ride from Shanghai. That's where actually one of the Chinese wellness um, forefathers came from. So that was one of the reasons they chose that city uh, to establish the world's first uh, medical Qigong museum and that to document the process, the history of medical Qigong, its impact, and also, of course, celebrate all the practitioners, medical Qigong practitioners, around the world, and at that museum grand opening, there are over 100 practitioners coming from all over the world. Uh, there are Chinese descendants, and there are uh, foreigners, or uh, Westerners, but all have the same passion. They do practice medical qigong either as a profession or as a way for better health. And uh, Global Dragon TV, um, we're the only foreign media invited to document that event, and we're definitely very fortunate we create a series of interviews and also document the grand opening for the museum. Wow. Now, uh, way back in time, how old do you think the medical, the Qigong is? 
How how long ago do you think that began? Well, the Yellow Empress in the Canon, this important um, medical book, was written over 2,000 years ago. In that book, they're definitely mentioning of using energy because that's one of the fundamental principles of Chinese medicine. So I would say Qigong has been practiced ever since founding aging was recorded. So I would say at least a couple thousand years history. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, for practitioners, actually all the uh, renowned TCM practitioners throughout Chinese history, they're, o- they're not only healers, they're also, they practice Qigong, Tai Chi, and you know, one or more forms of the Chinese traditional um, exercises, both to strengthen, of course, uh, for fitness purpose and also for healing purpose. And medical Qigong is one of the specialties and practitioners basically using energy, the energy healing method, to treat patients. And, um, of course, since evolves self-healing, so the practitioners not only will heal you with their energy, but also will teach you you have to practice Qigong on your own on a daily basis. That's, uh-huh. uh, that's I think, one of the greatest contributions for Dr. Chow. Uh, she uh, perfected this medical Qigong exercise that she used herself for healing, also teach patients to practice so our own inner health, a healing power can be weakened, can be strengthened, so our own immune system can heal the problems that we have. People, Dr. Rose, realized that that electric energy of that water vapor that began the whole planet's organism of life is the wisdom of your civilization in China that long ago. If somebody recognized it, when you take your hand and your arm and move it away from your body, there is an electric energy immediately that you can feel if you have practiced the rhythm correctly and you have the face of that, that that electrolytic, it's like we've had a doctor on here from the University of Washington, Dr. Gerald Pollack. And Dr. Pollack has said, too, we're a battery. Human life is the battery. But living out in the atmosphere is electrolytic. It has to charge each other. They charge each other. So in medical Qigong, they found way back from somebody's uh, discovery, there is something more powerful than in you, away from you. The Tai Chi now, real quickly, is one of the most fascinating, too, that was brought to all of us worldwide is understanding the art of Tai Chi. In fact, your Jack Ma there in China, when they took us to his place, he's very much into Tai Chi, as you probably have heard. Uh, People in China are very much into Tai Chi. And um, here in the United States, they're learning more about Tai Chi as a health benefit and also a, a very electrolytic rhythm for the body to way to think about more holistic medicine. We only have two minutes left for you today. Uh, tell us in that two minutes what you want the audience to hear about your 
Global Dragon TV that you created with your team from the beginning to be so successful? Well, thank you so much. Uh, Chinese language is one of the widest used language in the world because China alone has 1.2, 1.3 billion people. So the channel we created called a Global Chinese Channel, which is 24 hours. Uh, we, main language we use is Chinese. However, we do have English programming. Our programming is primarily very much like Discovery Channel. We're focusing on culture. We're focusing on health and medicine, basically information that you can use on an everyday basis. Even though we focus on Chinese civilization, however, we're focusing on the information and the knowledge that we can apply to our daily life. And also another goal we have at the Global Dragon TV is to document all the brightest minds in health, in medicine, and then share their wisdom with the world. And so if you do have time, and Google Global Dragon TV, and we have lots of documentaries and special interviews of the doctors and healers around the world, and of course, um, Chinese culture and Chinese language as a whole. And um, lastly, I want to say, stay healthy and be positive and be the nature, be part of your life and be part of the nature. That's beautiful, Rose. That's just beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you and your team enormous success. And uh, I just appreciate so much Dr. Chow introducing us. You have a nice day. You be well and uh, embrace your life. It's, it is that special, Rose. And with well, a hug. Shen, thanks again for inviting me on the show. And lastly, I want to thank our sponsor because I personally use Nature Smith as well. I can tell you as a frequent traveler, and those products do work. Also Skin Mist and they also do. Eye Mist. Do use them on a daily basis. Thank you for telling us that. Now, it just launched in China this week for the first time. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Sharon. Have a wonderful day. You too. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, we only have a moment left. I want all of you to know how much I enjoyed this show. And China is very special. And trust me, I am telling the truth with no exaggeration. People do hug me there with never have met me. Embrace your life, every special moment. But remember, all over the world, there are other lives that we want to embrace. Also, that have a lot in common with us. They want safety, health, prosperity, and peace too, all over the world. But we're here to discover how we can save lives in the water, the face of the water, to save our planet and our breath. But Earth Whispers, don't say goodbye. Leave something of yourself behind for all the others to come. Have a nice day and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour. Health, environment, and the power of water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 